Welcome to a Southern Farming Systems podcast. I'm Michelle McClure, hosting Ashley Amorgis, SFS Research and Extension Coordinator at the SFS 2022 Results Morning. Ashley will be discussing the SFS Variety by Management Week Trials. Over to you, Ashley. Last season, we, in the variety management trials, we chose to focus on variety and nitrogen. So in the past, we had looked at other factors such as PGRs, fungicides, um, some of those other inputs as well. But in 2021, we decided to go down the path of just having a little bit of nitrogen um, and how that those nitrogen applications and timings and rates interacted with variety and capital management. So there were four trials that we undertook. Uh, across three of our sites, so two at Inverley, one at Stratham, and one at our Hamilton site. And so these were this table up here, just gives you a bit of a summary um, of the trials. And so we had a spring and a winter week at Inverley, spring at Stratham, and a winter at Big Point Road, which was our Hamilton site. Um, and I just put up there as well the previous crop, so obviously John's spoken sort of about your starting soil then, and we'll go through a bit of that as well. Um, so at Canola, I was following, uh, at Inverley, was following Canola, Stratham and Midpoint were following Baby Beans. So, yeah, looking into the nitrogen management. So I guess even before the price of fertiliser has sort of gone through the roof a little bit, there are a lot of discussions happening around SFS about um, growers and agronomists, just about early nitrogen. And I guess early, I'm referring to that at sowing or that sort of early tilling timing. Um, so, yeah, the decision to put, as John sort of said before, the decision to put fur out early across many of the crops, and particularly um, cereals and wheat crops, has become quite a common practice across uh, many of the farming businesses across the Western Districts. So through a lot of these conversations, there were a few questions raised, and there were conversations happening, um, and some of these came up through the HYC just about whether all of those sort of factors um, about sowing rates and uh, starting soil and all of those were being taken into account in terms of that kind of management. So I suppose those conversations were sort of what um, drove our variety management um, pathway this year and that was sort of the building blocks to the way that we went. So yeah, as I sort of mentioned, there's a lot of those factors that can influence it. Um, so when you're thinking about the timing of your end applications, so your sowing date, variety, plant populations, or your sowing, um, sowing rates, uh, previous crop and the paddock history, um, and water loading potential is an important component as well. So these trials were designed to look at the variety factor um, and then a couple of nitrogen factors as well. So we looked at timing and rate. Um, so they were all set up pretty much the same across the different sites. So we had our new, which was included as a control. We had what we called a full and a half rate, um, which started at that tillering timing. So we didn't start any at sowing, but we considered that tillering timing as our early sort of application. Uh, and then the third treatment, which we're going to refer to as the deferred, which began at that stem extension or even sort of beyond that timing. Um, and that sort of sat between the, the full and the half rate. So yeah, the rates differed slightly across the different sites um, and these were based on our deep ends, our estimated yield potential, um, but all of the trials followed the same design even though they're slightly sort of different across the different sites. So one of the important factors that we've already spoken about a bit, and I'll go into a bit more as well, is discussing around that existing soil nitrogen. 
So knowing this helps to have yeah, a more accurate understanding of where you're starting and where you can go from there and just those decisions. So as John referred to it, um, it's about measuring to manage. So having those nitrogen tests as a tool um, to sort of help you get started. So deep-end soil tests were undertaken for our variety management trials. Um, so this we used to help us determine rates that we needed. So you can see up in the graph up here, um, you've got your starting soil end. So 0 to 30, 30 to 60, 60 to 90. Um, and I guess, yeah, it's important to sort of point out the importance of segmenting those depths as well. Um, so you can have a much greater understanding when you know what's in your 0 to 30, 30 to 60. And in a lot of cases, we may not even use that um, 60 to 90, but I guess it's interesting to know. So you can see a large portion of that is in the 0 to 30, um, and a large portion of that was in that nitrate form as well. So that form is sort of readily available to the plant. So as John mentioned in his presentation, you only need about 50 kilos of N um, to get to that stem extension timing. So having a look at that, there is plenty of available N. And so that's important sort of message to take note when I'm going through some of these results, is that when we are talking about deferring those applications, um, a big part of that is because of where we sat with our starting soil then. So based on the starting soil then, as I said, we had our estimate of yield potential, um, consideration of how much urea some of the agronomists were recommending, growers were applying, we took all of those into account to sort of set our rates. Um, but I'm not going to go into detail exactly every site, but this is just an example just to give you an idea of what we did. So this is the Streatham site. So we've got different timings, um, different total rates. So we had our full half, vanilla, and then what I was referring to as deferred. Um, so these were applied across different sort of timings. So three splits for the earlier and two splits for that deferred approach. And as I said, all the three trials were sort of set up in a very similar program. So when we consider some of the year results that we got, um, I'm going to just focus here on the treatments that had in season applications. So taking out that new sort of uh, treatment for now, uh, because there was no real timing, I guess, attached to that. So all of those shaded in the same green up there indicate there were no real significant differences between the rates or the timings. Um, so as you can see, there's no significant year difference between starting at that early timing which was tillering in this case, or deferring it to that stem extension or beyond. So in most cases, these went on for the deferment about that GS32 timing. Um, so this is just taking into account yield as well. I will touch on protein in a little bit as well. So while there were no significant yield advantages um, to the deferred approach, there were also no disadvantages either. So this is indicating to us that our end supply was sufficient enough to get us through to that timing. Um, and so, yeah, when that peak, when that plant hit its peak sort of nitrogen refinement, there was enough to get us through until then. So this delayed approach meant that most of these applications didn't go on until probably the, that August, sort of start of August timing, um, compared to, I guess, April or May, if we would go at sowing, um, or June and July for tillering as well. So I guess, as it's sort of been touched on again, this just allows for a greater understanding of how the season is progressing, where we're sitting and what's going on, um, so you can help to make those sort of rate and your potential decisions a bit later on in season. I guess it's important to note as well though, that these trials weren't just like a set and forget um, with timings and rates and things as well, so as the season progressed we did 
go out and do inspections uh, all the time. So if at any point we noticed that they were starting to get nitrogen deficiency, um, we would have started those applications earlier. Uh, but yeah, as I said, with the soil that was there, that sort of wasn't required. So as John sort of spoke about too, it's about being strategic. Um, so taking it on a paddock-by-paddock approach, understanding what you've already got to begin with, um, and then using that information to make those informed decisions. So another factor to consider is the water logging potential. Um, and I know, speaking to many of the growers and agronomists and that around, um, one of the big reasons that people want to put on those early applications is to try and mitigate the risk of not being able to get on um, during winter when there's a lot of water and uh, about and it is difficult to get your applications out um, and also to reduce just that sort of stress uh, by getting the plants up and going and, and you kind of be sort of bigger. So I completely sort of understand that consideration as well and I guess a part of this is just about having those conversations, having all the information available um, and we're just going to touch on a trial that sort of looks at some water logging that we had last year and just the results that we got from that as well. So the results I'm going to look at come from the Hamilton site, which was on Victoria Point Road. So like many paddocks across the western districts, this site experienced some water logging last season through winter. Um, so you can see through that May uh, and June, it's at about that median, and then July was about 32 mil above that median rainfall. So, yeah, as we sort of have already said today as well, um, when you're already sitting at that median, it is a wet condition anyway, uh, and then with even more volume across July, it was a wet paddock. So, the nitrogen applications for Hamilton. Um, so, as I said, this trial was set up in a similar way as the Strecken example. So, the first two applications for the full and half rate went on at that tilling, so start of June, and then at that stem extension timing, so a very early stem extension, which was around mid-July. So, this was prior to any sitting water observed at the site, um, but I mean, there was potential, it was where it was some water logging there, but maybe just not visible to the eye at that point. So, then the first deferred application. Um, the final full rate went on in mid-August, so when those grain conditions allowed us to get back out. And at the same time, we applied 100 kilos of grain as well. So just to sort of apply that immediate supply of nitrogen to the crop to try and help them recover from the water logging. And then another final application went on at the flag minus one for the deferred approach. So I guess the most important thing to sort of note there is that the early nitrogen um, went on prior to that severe sort of water logging that we observed and the deferred was what sort of waited until the post. So we're considering the final yield results. Uh, there were no differences in grade yield where nitrogen was applied. So an application of urea improved grain yields compared to the nil, um, whether it went on prior to or after the wet conditions. So there is a trend, I guess, there that's sort of suggesting that grain yields were higher for the deferred approach, um, as it on average increased grain yield by about half a tonne per hectare. However, this wasn't significant when you look at it statistically. Um, but then when you consider the grain quality as well, so that means protein follows a trend of increasing um, as urea rate increases, except in the case of that deferred application. So as I said, that deferred application sort of sat between the half and the full rate, and you can see there that the higher grain protein increases um, with it. So the timing of applications here has seemed to influence the mean protein, 
um, and the same applied for the test paper as well. So it is likely some of this early nitrogen was lost through denitrification. Um, so this resulted in some lower grain proteins, even where a higher rate of urine was applied, in comparison to that preferred sort of approach. So I guess in this situation, um, that delayed approach has improved grain yield, although not significantly, um, but it has improved grain quality there as well, so your protein and your test products. Uh, another consideration we should talk about is just variety being grown. Um, so I guess when considering nitrogen applications, it's important to consider the varieties and their sort of main purpose. So in this case, I guess looking at wheats, it's for their milling options. So for the long season winter wheats, um, the main varieties of choice are really all red wheats. Um, so they have that sort of feed quality parameter. Uh, that means as long as your yield potential is sort of being met, um, I guess protein levels aren't quite as significant compared to say your milling wheats. So there is one seed force line actually up there though, so um, SFR 86085, which is a white wheat coming through, um, but that is still going, undergoing its classification at the moment. And then the spring varieties down the bottom there, um, so they are the types that might benefit a bit more from that additional nitrogen to try and sort of achieve those target grades. So year results here by timing. So three of the four trials in 2021 showed there was only a significant yield response um, to the lowest urea rate applied. So this is depicted in the table up there, which you can hopefully see the difference between the sort of greens and the yellows. So beyond that half rate application, there were no yield advantages to higher rates of urea. Um, so but there were increases in grain protein. Um, so they, as I said, those rates were relatively similar, but that half sort of sat, say, around between 175 to 200. The full rate was more that um, sort of 350 to 400, and then the deferred sat somewhere in between. So we didn't see any big yield differences beyond that uh, sort of half rate approach. So an example of this, I guess, just taking it back to looking at those gradings and those classifications um, is just shown here at Inverley. So as I said, the results from the trials um, showed there was a grain protein increase in all of the situations uh, where the highest rate of urea was applied without the highest grain protein. But when you consider that sort of top grain quality, I guess there as well, um, they still all achieve the same grain quality, so they're stuck within that H2. And you can see those proteins are relatively high above that new sort of application. I mean, even the mill is relatively high there as well. Um, so, and it did fit the other parameters, so you test weight, your screenings, and that sort of thing too. So I guess looking back in hindsight, it's easy to say we could have applied less nitrogen and um, there was no benefit in applying more above that sort of 200 kilos or even sort of below that. Um, but I guess as we touched on earlier, it's just about understanding your long-term sort of yield potentials um, your grain proteins as an average over time and understanding where you sit on that nitrogen curve to sort of make those decisions about where you're going to move this season. And then just quickly, um, just having a look at some gross margins that were done as well. So for the trials under two different urea prices, um, so we used 500 and 1230, which has obviously gone up from that again. It was interesting to note that Although the deferred approach um, didn't significantly increase yield, on average it did actually have a higher yield across most of the applications. Um, so you can see that 
it always seemed to sit in the in the top two um, of the sort of gross margin uh, overall. So I guess it's dropped down from your deferred strategy in 2021 euro prices. Um, it sort of sat as your highest gross margin, and then it's just dropped down to the second one. And it's been a similar kind of trend across most of them as well. Um, so I guess it's, yeah, although not significant in a lot of cases, when you look at the on-average yield, it was indicating that deferred approach. Uh, where starting soil nitrogen was adequate. And I guess that's what's important to sort of note, is that there certainly are going to be situations where you need nitrogen early, um, but understanding if you have those immediate sort of levels of, of starting nitrogen, then maybe you can be making those decisions a little bit later, particularly in this sort of environment. So the key messages, um, which you pull out sort of from all of that, so I guess your paddock crop history, so when starting solar nitrogen from these trials last year, where it was adequate to ferric the nitrogen um, until the stem extension timing didn't result in real penalty. Um, and waterlogging potential, under waterlogged conditions we saw at Hamilton, um, there was probably a benefit to delaying that, so less denitrification that came from those earlier applications, so I guess um, more, a higher level of nitrogen insufficiency, and then the crop being grown as well, so just taking into consideration um, what the purpose of the, the crop figuring is. Um, and then just a big thank you as well to the seed companies. So to AGF, AGT, ASF, Integrating and Seaforce. So these guys do also partially fund these variety of management trials. Um, and I know I haven't touched on the varieties a huge amount um, today, with the focus being a bit more on that nitrogen. Uh, but there are complete variety of results in our results book as well. So um, if anyone is interested, there's something all there, which was released I think yesterday to our members. That was Ashley Amorgis, SFS Research and Extension Coordinator at the SFS 2022 Results Morning. For more information, check out the description box or www.sfs.org.au. Don't forget to comment, like and share this podcast. I'm Michelle McClure. Thanks for listening.